0: Uh, my name is Daniel. I am the community pastor here at CORE Church, and my honor to get to share with you today as we continue our series, Needed and Known. Uh, pastor Brad and Laura are in uh, California today. Um, actually, it's a really cool deal that they're a part of. They're a part of a a cohort of pastors um, that are all partner uh, churches with the International Church of the Nazarene, and so they, they get together occasionally and just talk about how God wants to... Do things in, in in this church, and so they're they're um, they are now getting to be a part of. It. Also visiting some family, uh, getting to see their daughter, and so great time. So just pray blessing on them. So my privilege just to, to get to share with you today, and so we are going to be in the book of First Corinthians today. If you don't have a Bible, I would encourage you to go to your app store on your phone and download the Bible app, the U Version Bible app. We're on that app, by the way. If you go to the events page, just go to more at the bottom, uh, bottom tab there, and then go to events, and you'll find the Core Church event. You can follow along. You can take notes, uh, get to see what the passage is. and so great way to keep up with what's going on here at the church. So we are going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today. And so we are going to be picking up in verse 12. Today we're going to be talking about the body of Christ and being needed and known. We're in this series, Hanging with the Fam, and this series is about this idea that the church is not meant for us to experience individually and to experience in isolation. I went and saw Avengers Endgame in the theater um, last week, Uh, some of the best three hours of my life, Um, you know. You know the movie, you know you're serious about a movie when, when like your whole day you are game planning how you are not going to go to the bathroom in the, in the movie. You know, it's like it's three hours, I'm dehydrating myself, you know, it's just I, I'm prepared to see it. But when, when I'm in the movie, I don't want anyone sitting next to me. You know, we went and saw it during the day the theater was kind of empty and when people walk in, you know, I had a good seat and I'm like, you better not be sitting next to me, you go to the row behind me. Church is not supposed to operate that way. We are supposed to be more than just a collection of strangers that gather together once a week. We're supposed to be a family. We're supposed to be the body of Christ. So we're going to be talking about that today. So, picking up 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12, it says, Just as one body, though, has many parts, all its parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit drink so the body's not made up of one part but many now if the foot should say because I'm not a hand I do not belong to the body it would not it would not for that reason stop being part of the body and if the ear should say because I'm not an eye I do not belong to the body it would not for that reason stop being part of the body the whole body were an eye what would the sense of hearing be if the whole body were an ear where would the sense of smell be but in fact God has placed the parts in the body every one of them just as he wanted them to be if they were all one part Where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hands, I don't need you. The hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be the weaker are actually indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. The parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. So that while our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Today, we are going to talk about being needed and known in the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this chance that we have to come before you to hear your word. God, would you speak to us today? We just open up our hearts. We open up our minds, God, for this next little bit, God would you help us to focus? Would you help us to block out the distractions? God, would you use me, Lord? Would you speak through me? God, don't let it be my words, God. Let it be your word. Your your word is powerful enough, God. Your word has all the power contained within it we need. So, Lord, would you just help us to tap into that today, to be aware of your spirit? In Jesus' name. If you're ready to hear from God this morning, can I get a big amen, church? Amen. Amen. High five someone before you're seated. So have you guys ever had a really great customer service experience? I know it's easy for us to talk about and think about. So some, some guy shaking his head no over here. I love it. Um, it's easy to talk about the bad customer service experience. We all know the bad one. I was at Dollar Tree the other day, and you know we're waiting in line, and this guy, about two people in front of me, I, he, I guess he just decided he just had enough, and he like goes and takes his basket and like throws it down and storms out of Dollar Tree. And if you don't understand the irony of getting upset that you're not receiving top-notch customer service at Dollar Tree, then most of the jokes today are probably going to go over your head. Anyway, so, I mean, he's a Dollar Tree. You're getting stuff for a dollar. I mean, come on, cut the people some slack. So we've all had, you know, we've all had rough customer service experiences, but every once in a while, you get a great customer service experience. Maybe it's at a restaurant, you have a waiter or a waitress that just goes above and beyond, and you think, I better tip with more than a church invite card today. I actually better leave some money when I tip. Or maybe you go to a hotel, and, and, the, mat- and the, the person working at the, the reception desk or the, the bellhop or whoever just really went above and beyond and really anticipated and took care of your needs. Well, I want to talk about one of the greatest customer service experiences I ever had, and that was at um, the Relax the Back store boy named Thomas at the Relax the Backstore. Now you're wondering, Daniel, what on earth are you doing going to the Relax the Backstore? How old are you? Well, see, before I went into ministry several years ago, I was actually a delivery driver. I was a courier, and I I put over a thousand miles a week in a little Nissan Sentra compact car, and I did this for five years or so, and because of it, it just wreaked havoc on my back. In fact, my posture is still awful because of it. My wife gives me grief all the time about my posture because it's always kind of hunched over. And the reason for that is because I was always doing this. You know, I was just like, this was my life, just driving around in the car. And so, you know, my back would hurt and all that. So I went, found this place at the Relax the Back store at 61st Memorial, and went in. And Thomas was there, and, and he started showing me all the, the amazing products they have at the Relax the Back store. They have these, the, this was back before everything was memory foam. They had the memory foam, tempur mattresses, you know, they had the zero gravity chairs, which are these chairs that recline you in the position that the, the astronauts are in when they're in space and experiencing zero gravity. So they recline you in just the right position to take all the tension off your back. You know, they have the orthopedic pillows that cradle your neck in the right way to take the strain off your neck. And you, they have the inversion tables where you hang upside down on the table like, like Dracula, you know, and to, to, to uncompress the spine. And so he shows me all of these things, and I'm checking them out. But you know, I soon decide that I, I don't make enough money to have a healthy back, you know, because <laughs> the products are very expensive. And so I, I go on my way, you know, but it's probably a year, year and a half later that I go back to the store because I'm just like, I just can't take it anymore. and see if they have anything new, anything else I can, you know, maybe buy. And Thomas is there again. And, and, and get this, we're talking over a year later, I walk into the store. Guys, he remembers my name. Not only does he remember my name, he remembered my wife's name and asked about my kids that he remembered, like was not just taking a stab in the dark, like asked me about my family over a year later. Needless to say, I bought one of those overpriced orthopedic pillows right then and there. I'm like, all right, Thomas, you got me. You got me. I'm I'm sold. See? Today we're talking about the church family. We're talking about this idea of being needed and known and and why this is such an important thing in the church. See, what Thomas did was Thomas made me feel like I was needed and known. He took time to learn my story. He took time to care about me as a person. He made me feel valued. He made me feel significant. And because of that, because of that, I bought in to what he was selling. See, church, one of the biggest things that that we're concerned about as a church, and I'll just pull back the curtain a little bit, you know, that that we talk about a lot as a staff, that Pastor Brad, Pastor Eric, myself, we talk about this all the time, It is we hate seeing people come into the church and not connect to the church. We hate seeing people come in, attend for a little bit, and drift out. People come in, and it's like, you see the new family, then all of a sudden, a few months later, like, whatever happened to so-and-so? And you're like, no one knows, because they never made a connection into the life of the church, or we see people who have been attending for a long time, and they never make a connection into the church, and then something tragic happens or something catastrophic happens, and no one's there to take care of them because there's no connection into the church, and then they drift away from the church or they even drift away from faith, and it, it just kills us, and, and it doesn't just kill us, but any good church feels this way. Any good church has this concern. In fact, it was at a conference a church conference where Pastor Brad, Pastor Eric, and myself first came across this concept of needed and known. One of the prominent leaders in the church was asked, uh, just kind of in the church universal, one of the, one of the great pastors that we have, was asked, what's, what's next for the church? What's, what's next? What are some of the big obstacles that the church has to overcome? And he said, the church of the future needs to make people feel needed and known. And I want to tell you, in a room of about 4,000 people, you could just hear the collective light bulbs going off. everyone like, yes, that's it. People need to feel needed, and they need to feel known. Like Think about why you're connected to the things that you're connected to in your own life. It's probably because of one of those two things. Like Some of you, you have stayed at a job longer than you've wanted to. You've stayed at a job longer than you should have simply for the reason because you were so needed at that place. You feel like, well, if I leave, this whole thing's going to fall apart. I'm the only person who can do that. And so you stayed somewhere longer than you know you even should have because of how badly you were need. I see so many people not nudging other people right now. With it. You've stayed longer than you should have. Some of you you go to a, a store or a place of business. And even though you can buy the product cheaper on Amazon, even though you could get the product maybe easier at Walmart because it's closer, you drive out of your way, you go to a place because when you walk in, the people at that store know your name. The people at that car shop know your name. You're known there. And because of that, you feel valued as a customer. You feel a connection. And this idea of being needed to know when we're needed, we feel significant. We feel like we're we're important. We have value when we're known. We feel we feel valued as individuals. We're not just a cog. We're not just another number. But someone takes the time to know us. It's such a big thing. So, what about in the church? Are we a church that adds significance? people's lives are we a church where people walk in and they feel valued are we a place where people feel needed and no let me ask it to you in a different way do you feel like what you do here at core church is significant do you feel like what you do here matters do you feel like what you do here adds value to yourself and value to the people around you do you feel needed here do you feel known or do you feel like you could miss a week, a month, a year, and no one would even know you're gone? Do you feel needed and do you feel known here at this church? We've, all, we've got to get this right because deep down, I believe every single one of us, Christ follower, non-Christ follower, neighbors, coworkers, every single one of us want to be a part of a place where we feel needed and where we feel known. And if we don't feel those things, then our time at that place is going to be short. That our time at that, and and if we, as a church, we don't get this right, the implications of this are so huge. Because if we don't get this right, if we don't create a place where people feel needed and known, if we ourselves don't take the steps to become needed and known, we're going to drift. We're going to drift away from church, and eventually we might even drift away from our faith because we don't feel needed and because we don't feel known. But I believe that if the church gets this right, we will be be irresistible. We'll be a place that's irresistible to people. When they come in, they will feel something that they don't feel anywhere else. And the most important thing is if we get this right, we make the message of Jesus irresistible. So how do we do this? How do we take these steps to become a place where we're needed and known? How do we take these steps as individuals where I can become needed and I can become known. So that's what we're going to look at today because Paul sets this up as what the church should look like, as what the church that creates an atmosphere where people are needed and known looks like, and that's where we're going to jump back into to 1 Corinthians. So if you're ready to get into this today, can I get an amen? amen? Awesome. You guys are with me. So let's pick it up starting in verse 12. Verse 12 says this, the human body has many parts but many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into what? Into one body by one spirit, and we all what? We all share the same spirit. See, what Paul is saying here is that the church should operate as, a, as yes, we're all individuals, but there's a synergy There's a harmony, there's a unity that comes together where we're the body of Christ working together just as our human bodies do, individual parts, but working together as one body, that there's a synergy harmony between the parts. The big idea for today, the the thing that I really want us to hone in today is this idea here, that the church is the place, the church is the place where I can be needed and where I can be known. See, I believe That this idea, that that being fully needed and fully known cannot be achieved outside of the church. That it cannot be fully achieved outside of the body of Christ. That this idea, that this, this, this type of synergy, this type of unity can only be achieved within the body of Christ. That it's unique to the church like no amount of team building that you do at your office, no amount of trust falls, no amount of rope courses, no amount of silly games that you do for your office at your office Christmas party, no amount of that can ever duplicate the kind of connection that we should have at the body of Christ. No amount of two a days on your sports team or practices, or rehearsals or whatever, no uh, uh, things that you do and the things that you're a part of, no amount can ever duplicate and replicate the kind of unity that God calls us to have as the body of Christ. It's unique to it. Paul said we share the same spirit, that we share that spirit. And this is why connection is so important for us. This is why it's so important for us to get involved and belong into what's happening at the body of Christ. Listen, church, being connected into the body of Christ is not something that we want from you, It's not because we want you to get on a team and because we need volunteers or because we want you to get in groups so we have a lot of people in groups and it looks good for us. This is not something we want from you, but this is something that we want for you because this is so important when we establish this kind of unity. When the body of Christ comes together, amazing things happen. This is church, this is the place where we can come together regardless of the labels that society puts on us, regardless of how we feel about ourselves, regardless of our socioeconomic status. This is a place where young and old can come together. This is a place where rich and poor can come together. This is a place where the healed and the broken can sit side by side. This is a place where Republicans and Democrats Conservatives and liberals lay aside their political agendas and come together united under the blood of Jesus. This is a place where black and white and brown and yellow, thank God, come together and we worship Jesus together because we share the same spirit. We have the same blood flowing through our veins, church. Not the blood from your mom and your dad, but the blood that Jesus shed on the cross buying our freedom Paying for our ransom. This, this is what God's called us to be. And we can't get this anywhere else. We're not supposed to get this level of being needed and being known, this level of unity, this level of cohesion, this level of bonding anywhere else. It's unique to the body of Christ. So, how do we get there? How do we get there? Well, let's unpack this a little. Let's unpack this idea of being needed and known. A couple of things about being needed that we want to look at today. The first one is this. Is I am a unique part. That I am a unique part. Picking up the story again in verse 14, Paul goes on to say this. Yes, the body has what the body has many different parts. I'll say it again, yes the body has many different parts. Not just one part. If the foot says I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, That does not make it any less a part of the body, and if the ear says, I am not part of the body, because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? The whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? See, God has given all of us unique gifts, unique abilities, unique personalities, unique experiences, and we all make up this body of Christ that God has called all of us to play a unique part in the body of Christ and it, the part you play is so vitally important that every one of us have a unique part that matters every one of us have a unique part that has such significance so i want i want to illustrate this you know how, how many of you guys ever tried something on that said one size fits all you know maybe it was a hat maybe it was a pair of gloves whatever it is and and all of us that have tried on something that says one size fits all no that is a lie one size never fits all it should say one size fits none because you cannot find something one size fits all that fits you perfect i mean maybe a one in a million chance but like for me i can't wear a one size fits all hat have you seen the size of my noggin it's not going to work people ain't no one size hat going to fit on this bad boy right here one size fits all does not fit all. And it's the same thing that happens when we come to the church. There is no one size fits all in the body of Christ. That God has called all of us to play unique parts in the body, and, and it's not just some cookie cutter thing where our individuality does not matter. Our uniqueness matters. Our uniqueness is so important in how we interact. Let me unpack it this way. Some of you, if, if, let's take the guest services team, for example. If you're greeting, you you know, you're standing at a door, you're standing here in the auditorium right next to someone. You're both performing the same task, okay? You get me? You're both doing the same thing. But how you do it is so different. Why? Because you're unique. You won't greet someone the same way the person standing next to you will greet them. And because of that, you will interact with people on a different level, and there may be someone that won't connect to the person standing next to you, but they will connect to you because of your uniqueness, because of your personality, because of how you're wired. You may be serving back in kids, and then you'll be serving with another teacher, but the kids won't connect to that teacher the way that they will connect to you. And there's some kids that won't connect to you that will connect to that other teacher. It takes all of us playing our unique part. It takes all of us playing our unique role that God didn't wire you the way you're wired on accident. He didn't wire you the way you're wired. He didn't give you the personality that you have because he made some mistake. He wired you the way you're wired. He gave you the personality that you have. He gave you the experiences that you have because in some way he's going to use those things to make an impact. On others. Yo, introverts here in this placement, God needs you. Can I get my introverts to raise their hands? I'm just kidding, you're not gonna do that. <laughs> God needs you because, you know, if you're an introvert and you're on the, on the guest services team, you may be thinking, what on earth am I doing on the guest service? This was so dumb. Why am I on the guest service team? Why am I greeting people? People scare me. I don't wanna be on the guest service, but, but you're there for some reason. Let me tell you, you're a unique part. God's going to use you because you're going to have an interaction with someone, you're going to greet someone, you're going to talk to someone that more extroverted person might completely overwhelm. But the way you interact with them, the way you relate to them, they're going to feel safe. They're going to feel like they can come in, they can ease their way in because they're not going to feel overwhelmed. You're introverts, you're going to do the things that other people may not want to do, you're going to do those things behind the scenes that are so vitally important. Because God's wired you to do those things. You're a unique part in the body of Christ. Extroverts, man, we need you. We need you to carry the conversation. We need you to bring the energy. We need you to bring that love for people. Because it'd be a really quiet church if we didn't have you. It'd be awkward. We need you. And so it, it takes all of us coming together using our unique gifts, using our unique talents, using the way that God has wired us. All of us play you a unique part. You weren't created the way you were created on accident. God created you on purpose. And so we have a unique part there. Look, look here's, here's the deal. We, we don't need ser- serving positions, okay? Like, oh, we, we just need people serving in these roles. You know, we need this many people at guest services, this many people in kids, this many people back in production. You know, we need, we need these roles filled. We don't need serving positions. We need people serving in positions. The unique story of you. Your gifts, your talents, your uniqueness, that God wants to use the story of you to impact the life of someone else in a way that only you can. In a way I can't do it, in a way Pastor Eric can't do it, in a way Pastor, in the way only you can do it. You play a, un, you have a unique part in the body of Christ. Second thing, I have a unique position. I have a unique position. So I am a unique part, but I also have a unique position. Paul goes on to say this, but our bodies have many parts, and God has done what? God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we close with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. God has placed you right where you're needed. And I think we fall into this great trap in church where we think well if I'm not on stage I'm not doing something great like oh if I was preaching you know then I would really have an important position in church but i'm just I'm just back here with the babies that if i'm not you know if I don't have a booth in the lobby if I'm not going out and doing missions work then I you know if I was doing that I'd really be doing something important but man I'm just a small group leader oh if I was if I was you know in the worship team and under the lights I'd really make a difference but i'm I'm just greeting you know that that we think unless we have this certain public thing, that that's the positions of honor. But that, that's not how the body operates. Paul said it's, it's the ones that aren't seen that are the most important. Let me, let me illustrate it for you this way. So a few weeks ago was Easter. Now, for those of you that are fairly new to church, let me break it down for you. Easter's kind of a big deal in the church world, okay? <laughs> now, I'm on staff at a church, Okay? And you, you may not, once again, pulling back the curtain of pastoral life here, it's a pretty big deal for a pastor to be at a church on Easter, okay? I, I, I'm going out on a limb, but pretty solid footing here. Pretty pretty big deal. So a few weeks ago for Easter, I was so sick, I could not make it in to church, okay? I thought, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, but, but I, I went to the ER overnight because, man, my, my insides felt like they were about ready to become my outsides. You know, I was just, I was in some pain. Now, let me, let me tell you this. I, I never, you know, my, my guts, I, I never really think about my guts, right? But when, when your insides aren't working, when the parts of you that aren't seen aren't working, it doesn't matter. I could have got up that morning. It doesn't matter how well I did my hair. It doesn't matter how great my Easter suit looked. It doesn't matter if my jeans made my butt look good. You know, it does not matter how I looked on the outside. If the inside is not working, the outside does not matter. Amen. And so, you may feel like you're insignificant. You may feel like what you do here does not make that big of a difference. But I want to tell you if, if the inside parts of the body don't work, the body is not functional. Okay? Let me, let me explain it this way. You know, we're all here in our service today, we're, we're paying t- attention. I mean, most of us are paying attention, you know, and, and we're, we're able to come and worship and, and listen to the message. But what if our core kids' team right across the hall said, you know what? We're not even in the auditorium. We're in what, what is affectionately known as the back. We don't want to be in the back. How awful is that? All the good stuff's happening. You know, Pastor Daniel's preaching, so we're probably going to go 15 minutes late today and we have to be back here with the kids. Forget that. And what if Core Kids said, We're done. We're not going to do it anymore. I want to just go out on a limb and say, we probably would not get as much out of the service collectively if our core kids volunteers and our core kids team members all of a sudden just bailed and we all had our toddlers and our babies and our rowdy elementary kids running around. You probably wouldn't get as much out of the service today if our guest services team all of a sudden said, you know what, what we do is not, no one even cares if we're here. And we walked in and there was no one to greet us. There was no one to hand us our specially made coffee with our whipped cream and our sprinkles just the way we like it. And the church would feel cold. And probably after a while you'd stop coming because you'd feel like, man, this, no one really even acknowledges that I come here. If, if our production people back in the sound booth there said, you know what? We're tired of being back in the sound booth, we're not under the lights. No one even knows we're there until something goes wrong and then all of a sudden everyone looks back at us in judgment like they can do a better job running the soundboard. (laughs) You know what? Forget that. We're done. Well, I want to tell you something. Worship would be a lot less impactful if it was just Pastor Eric up with his acoustic, losing his voice because he's trying to sing loud enough for all of us to hear. Even the parts that don't get seen, they all matter because the body has to operate as a whole to be functional, that God's given you a position. He's given you a place to serve, and that place that you serve is such a vital part. But here's the deal. Your unique gifts don't do you any good until you take your position. It doesn't matter what kind of gifts. It doesn't matter what God's place is. If you don't take your position in the body, you're not doing anyone else any good. It takes all of us coming together. It takes all of us working together as a whole to operate the way we should, and if we don't, we're in dysfunction. If we don't, we're not operating at the level that God wants us to. And I want to tell you, if you're not taking that step, then, then you're keeping yourself from achieving the fullness of what God wants in you. You're keeping others from getting the fullness of what God wants to do in them. It takes all of us together. Pastor Eric, come here, come here and help me illustrate this real quick. So he was, he was writing notes, I don't think. Or he was drawing. I don't know, he's probably doing his grocery list, but either way. So... <laughs> The body has many parts. I, this is such a big deal. I want to illustrate it one more time. The body has such a, has so many parts, and, and it takes all of those parts working together for us to operate in harmony. So, so this is a guitar. This is a, a very nice American-made PRS here. Um, and so that was that was for you, Josh. Um, so the, the guitar has many parts. Okay, it has the body of the guitar. You have the neck of the guitar. These little things up here the tuners. You have pickup selector switch, knobs, and all kinds of all frets, little shiny things here, the frets, and of course the strings, and these things here are the pickups. You didn't know you'd be learning so much at church day. You take this and use it however you need to, okay? So, so the bot, the guitar has all these different parts, okay? But all these parts have to work together in order to make music, okay? Uh, Eric, can you, can you strum a G chord for us? Isn't that pretty? Isn't that beautiful? So the guitar, all the parts, right, now, everything's tuned. Everything is working together, and the guitar is operating as it should. But what happens if just one part of the body, one part of the guitar says, you know what? I'm not that big a deal. I'm not that significant. My position doesn't matter. What I do does not make that big of a deal. Let's say this D string here, this one, two, this third string right here all of a sudden says, you know what? I'm not that big of a deal. No one even solos on me. I don't even get to do all the cool solos. I don't have some kind of funny name like the one, the string below me, the G string, you know? It's like no one. (laughs) So what happens if we take this D string and it's like, it doesn't want to operate anymore. And it's like, I'm not that big a deal. I'm not that important. All, All of a sudden, all of a sudden the guitar... Just because one part didn't take its place, the whole guitar is not functioning as it should. Thank you, Eric. Let's give him a hand. Make sure you tune that up before you play it again, by the way. (laughs) There's greatness in you that God wants to unleash. There's greatness in you that God needs to use that, that someone else in this body is counting on. And some of you are holding back because you think, I, I, I'm just this one part, I don't, I don't, it, I'm not that important, I'm not that big a deal. It doesn't matter that much, but I'm saying, t- you are needed in the body of Christ. You are the gifts, the talents, the uniqueness, the story that God has written into you, someone else desperately needs. You're not just standing at a door. You're not just holding a baby. You're not just hanging out with teenagers. You're not just back in the sound booth. You're not just playing an instrument. You're not just setting up. You're not just doing any of these things. You're allowing God to use your story to make a difference in this church. And it takes all of us working together. And if one part doesn't work, the whole body starts to go out of tune. So what's up? We gotta step up. And we gotta, we gotta own the uniqueness. We gotta own the fact, man, I am a part of, of the body, I am a unique part that God has made me. But I have I have a unique position that God has a place for me in this body to make a difference and to make an impact on others. I gotta I gotta close. I gotta move real quick. So, let's talk about being known. Let's talk about being known. When you accept this position, when you accept this part, this is where you become known in the body. Couple couple of quick thoughts about being known. One, being known does not mean that everyone knows you and that you know everyone. That is a big misconception that people have about church, that I'm not known in the church unless everyone in the church knows me. Church, we're growing. God's bringing people in. And if you want to play, if we were half our size, it would be nearly impossible for you to know everybody. But at the size we are, look, I can't know everybody. It is just absolutely impossible that we know everyone. Look, when I got my CT scan done, there are a whole bunch of parts in here that I didn't even know existed. They had names. I didn't know if they were body parts or German sports cars. You know, it's like I didn't know what that was. My brain didn't know who they were, but I'm really glad that the body parts that they all depend on, like whatever the heck my kidneys are depending on, and whatever parts my you know are depending on my I'm real glad that they know each other. And the truth of the matter is, church, that I can't be known by everyone, but I need to be known by someone. That I can't be known by everyone, but I need to be known by someone. This is why connection is so important. This is why we want this for you, because I can't know everyone. Pastor Brad can't know everyone. Pastor Eric, we can't know anyone. But when you take that step into being connected, you go from a church that's friendly to a church that's family. Let's say that again, that when you take that step into being connected, you go from a church that's friendly to a church that's family. And that's what God wants for us. That's what being known looks like. Second thing about being known, the, the impetus for this, the responsibility for this, it's on every one of us, that it's, it's on all of us. See, People come in and out, and, and I, I see so many people that, that will come in and they'll leave, no one ever reached out to me, no one ever, you know, took the step to get to know me, and so I guess, guess that church isn't very friendly, I guess that church doesn't really care about people. Now, I'll say real quick, Should we we reach out to people that are are new to the church, and when we see someone that we don't know, is it a good idea for us to reach out to them? Is it a good idea for us to go across the aisle or to extend a hand and to try to make someone feel welcome? It's a good place to Yes, Absolutely, it is a good idea for us to do that as a church. Is it just the job of the guest services team to do that? This is a good place to shake your head? No, absolutely not. It is all of our responsibility as the body of Christ to try to bring people in and try to make people feel accepted and try to make people feel welcome, but church, at the end of the day, the step to take to, to being connected falls on you. At the end of the day, that, that if you're not taking that step to be connected, you have to look in the mirror when you're wondering why you're not feeling that importance. Because truth is, I, I really believe this, that for, for the vast majority of us in here, we are as connected as we want to be. That we're as connected as we want to be, and if we don't feel that 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 deep connection, for most of us in here, it's because we haven't taken that step into connection. Because church connect, connection takes time, it takes patience, it takes work. This is not this is not an overnight process. It's not an overnight process for you to get connected into the body. It, it may take months of you being on a team to find the right person. It may take months of you coming to a group before you finally click with someone. It may take months of you serving or coming to core midweek. or just, It may take months. It's not a quick fix overnight process, but I want to tell you the rewards are so worth it. That this is how we go from the church just being a place where we feel like, oh, no one even knows I was there, but, but when we start making these connections, man, the things that it unlocks, the feeling of value that it will unlock in you when you take that step into connections you can't be known by everyone but you need to be known by someone and you need to have that relationship because this is this is the church God is looking for this is the church God is this is the church God is calling us to be a place where we as individuals are taking that step to being needed and known and then just by default because of the overflow of what God's doing in us that we're so we're inviting everyone into that process as well that we, when people come in, they feel, man, this is a place where I can be needed. This is a place where I can have significance. This is a place where I can have value, but not just a cog in the machine, not just a number, but we're also this is a place where I can be known, where people care about me. They care about my story. They care about what's going on in my life. And when we put these two things together, we see that the church is the place where I can be needed and known, that the church is the place. You can't do it at work can't do it at school. It's the place where we can be needed and known.